The Explore Oregon podcast is brought to you by the Statesman Journal, newspaper of Salem and the state capital since 1851. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, producer David Davis and I highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. In this edition, we're traveling to the crown jewel of Oregon's state park system, a place that only exists because of a photographer who dedicated his life to saving it. But first, here's some guitar music to get us going. There are a few places in Oregon everyone should see at least once in their life. Think Crater Lake in the Painted Hills, the Oregon coast in Columbia Gorge. Here in the Willamette Valley, our sanctuary of scenery, the place that makes life just a little bit better, is Silver Falls State Park. It's home to 10 spectacular waterfalls. 10 waterfalls, many of them taller than 100 feet, all clustered together in a temperate rainforest just east of Salem. If you live in western Oregon, there's a decent chance you've been to Silver Falls. But there's also a good chance you've missed some of the park's most fascinating secrets and best stories. In this edition of the Explore Oregon podcast, we'll travel to Silver Falls to highlight those secrets. We'll meet the photographer credited with saving the park, take a look at some of the best hikes and adventures, and tell you where to find the remains of an ancient forest. Yeah, so we're walking down uh, below South Falls. We're right on the edge of the pool and we're in a spot that uh, the mist just kind of billows up so we're not even that close to the waterfall but we're already getting wet. All right David let's talk about Silver Falls State Park. Obviously not too difficult to find. You can follow the many signs uh, from the highways east of Salem or you can just throw it into your Google map system and you'll be there no problem. Yeah it's less than an hour's drive from Salem about 90 minutes from Portland sitting out there in the Cascade foothills. But Silver Falls kind of seems like its own unique place, unlike anything around it. Look, there's a good chance a number of people listening have already been to Silver Falls before, but our goal here is to actually tell you about some places you might have missed, along with spotlighting some of the park's really wild history. Yeah, the goal here is maybe you've been to Silver Falls 20 times in the last year. But we're going to try to tell you some stories, especially with the history and the geology, that might help you look at it with with new eyes. But as always, we're going to start with a central question. Why go? This may seem obvious, but Zach, what keeps you coming back? So Oregon has plenty of waterfalls. Like, if the world was ever in need of a supply of waterfalls, Oregon would be a great place to start. And that's what happens when you have a ton of rain falling on mountain ranges. It just happens. But to have so many waterfalls all in one place, and really beautiful waterfalls like 100-foot stunners, just within a couple miles of each other, that is uncommon. Like, that's world class, you know. And taken together, it's not surprising this was almost a national park when you have these, all these beautiful waters in a temperate rainforest. This plays ball on that level. Like, it's not quite Yosemite, but it's more beautiful than a lot of the national parks in our nation. That's where Silver Falls plays ball on that highest of high levels. Yeah, and really, it's not just about the waterfalls, too. There's actually two-thirds of the park that most visitors never even see. There's the backcountry that's long been home to horseback riding and more recently some mountain biking with some of the new trails being developed there. It really offers kind of a different experience. Yeah, it's Oregon's largest state park, and you're right. You know, it's, it's about more than just waterfalls. But it's also, I think, a great place to inspire kids to get interested in the natural world. 
It's a short drive from Oregon's largest cities. And how many places can you take a kid and throw them behind a gigantic waterfall in a cave where they're getting splashed? I mean, if they're ever going to be interested in learning about geology and the history of the area, you know, that's the time to pounce. So having brought a lot of kids out to that area, I, I appreciate that about Silver Falls. So let's go ahead and dive in. Let's talk itineraries and how to plan to make the most out of your visit. What's your typical day at Silver Falls look like? So I go to Silver Falls about once a month. But if you're coming from a little bit farther away and you're, you're trying to plan a trip, I think the first thing you got to do is pick a season. Because the waterfalls here are heavily impacted by rain. It makes a big difference when you go there. So by late summer, there's a lot to do, but the waterfalls, a little bit less impressive. So if you're going there to get those money shots, you may want to think about winter when the waterfalls are amazing, but then again, it's also pretty cold. I would say my favorite season is spring and fall. So in the spring, it's lush, bright green. There's wildflowers everywhere. And in the autumn, the entire place turns this bright gold with autumn colors. And the waterfalls are still rolling because you got some of that rain. So yeah, pick a season. That's the first thing. The second thing is deciding whether you want to do a day trip or go overnight. Both are great. A lot of people do it just as a day trip, I would say the majority. And I've kind of come up with a good plan because I do it so often. Uh, when I come here with my kids, we usually do an easy waterfall hike and then lunch at South Falls Lodge and then maybe one last treat. And that's, that's our typical plan. But you've, you've come here overnight a lot. So, so what do you think about the overnight experience? Yeah, I think the overnight experience is also pretty great because you get a chance to kind of experience some of the trails and areas of the park without the crowds. Yeah. And so you may actually run into more wildlife and just a wildly different experience if you start out way early or even way late. And you also sort of get that classic state park experience with showers, bathrooms, tent camping. But there's also an option to rent these rustic cabins that are kind of nestled down in the heart of the park. And it's a great option during winter or fall when kind of the weather is a little bit questionable. Because if it's raining, you just stay in, grab a book, and get cozy. We've done that a couple times. And one of the underrated things about it is I have young kids. I've got a one- and a three-year-old. And with a tent, it's, it's a challenge because you've got to put them to bed at different times. You know, you don't want them crying and waking up the whole campground. So the, the cabins are great because I can put the one-year-old to sleep in the cabin. You know, then we hang outside next to the fire and then put the three-year-old in there. It's like a staggered schedule. And so it works for, for young families. It's, it's, it's a nice upside. All right, let's jump into it. We're going to break it down by a few different categories. And our first one is Instagram famous. This kind of refers to the most scenic spot that place that everyone wants to get that perfect picture. Yeah, this one is pretty easy. So we're starting at South Falls. It's the place most people come first. As, as you drive the entrance road into the park, you just sort of are naturally herded into the South Falls day use area. And it is a great place to start. There's a very easy hike that takes you to the aforementioned South Falls. And there's a good reason for its fame. It's a 177-foot waterfall. And in the winter, it's so powerful. It kicks up mist that just plumes upward like smoke from a wildfire. It, it saturates every inch of this deep stone amphitheater that surrounds it. It's one of those those moments, one of those pictures. It just doesn't disappoint. Yeah, I think people have probably taken a picture of South Falls from basically any angle possible. I remember when the newspaper ran a photo contest a while back, about probably 40% of the pictures were of South Falls. And it's nice because, again, the hike is open to most people. It's, the, it's about a one-mile loop from the parking area. 
And as cool as the waterfall looks from a distance, you know, the real magic actually comes when you hike into a cave behind the waterfall. We came here with Silver Falls interpretive park ranger Matt Palmquist, and here's what he had to say about it. The water is starting to drip from, from above us. We're at the below the edge of the, the cliff up above, so there's always water dripping down here. Watch your heads here. This is a really low spot. All right, so this feels like, you know, that, that one of those really magic spots in Oregon where mm -hmm. you're just behind this gigantic, cur gigantic curtain of water in yeah. kind of a little, a little cave. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit more on the history later on, but now that we're talking about South Falls, I, I have to mention the story really quickly. So in the early days, before this was actually a park, it was owned by this character named D.E. Geyser. And he was, he, was, he was interesting. Like, he would charge people entrance fees to go see South Falls. And to really get the crowds up, uh, on the 4th of July, he would actually launch old cars off the waterfall. Like, apparently it drew a lot of people. And, you know, I guess I understand why. I'd pay a nickel to see that. There's some fun old stories about people actually discovering old pieces of car parts in the pool below South Falls, like, even after it became a park. All right, that's actually a pretty good segue into our next category, the most unique thing to do at Silver Falls. So the most unique experience at Silver Falls, at least for my money, is the cave behind North Falls. So North, North Falls is probably the second most impressive waterfall on its own merits. It's just this powerful rope of a cascade, thunders down 136 feet, just a, a lot of power. But what makes it the most unique thing is, that, is the cave behind it. So the cave you hike into behind it is almost 120 feet deep. So you're going in there and you're totally dry. It feels like you're on the inside of like, uh, you know, a house or something like that. It, it feels really cozy. It's like the kind of place where if you were like a tribe of hunter-gatherers, you might have picked this spot to start your civilization or something like that. Yeah, just like South Falls, this isn't too difficult to reach. The hike into North Falls Cave is less than half a mile, but it can be a little steep and slippery. North Falls is also actually kind of a good educational moment because the way it was created, it kind of gives hints about the geology of the Silver Falls area. Yeah, so I'll just give a real quick explanation here about how the waterfalls formed. Around 18 million years ago, there was a giant flood of lava that rolled across Oregon through the Columbia Gorge, and eventually some of it reached the Silver Falls area where it cooled into basalt lava rock. And the waterfalls formed here when the creeks and the water just gradually eroded away that lava rock. The formation of the caves is an even more interesting story, kind of above my head, so I'm going I'm to let Ranger Matt uh, explain it. So I think the most interesting one is if you go to North Falls, mm -hmm. and uh, North Falls is a, an astounding waterfall, 136 feet tall, and the trail goes uh, pretty far behind the waterfall because there's a layer of sedimentary rock um, beneath the basalt. Mm -hmm. uh, so the waterfall flows off of this basalt ledge, and then the sedimentary rock underneath that has been eroded uh, quite heavily to the point where it kind of feels like you're in a cave when you go under there. Mm -hmm. And in between these lava flows, there was actually a forest that grew there, hence the sediment that built up. And if you go under there and you look up, you can see tree casts. So where there were trees that had grown, and when the lava flow came, it surrounded the trees and ended up burning them out, but it left these cylindrical voids in the lava. And if you look up, especially if you take a flashlight, you can see these tubes that go straight up above your head when you're below North Falls, and that is the remnants of an ancient forest. All right, so did you catch that? The cave actually formed because lava burned out an ancient forest. 
I mean, that is pretty cool. Now, North Falls is the best example of a cave, but they also have them at South Falls, Lower South Falls, and Middle North Falls. All right, that was a lot of geology, actually. To make sure this doesn't really turn into a science class, as much fun as that might be, we're going to go ahead and talk about something a little bit lighter. Our next category is wild side. Where are we headed? Let's go to the backcountry. So one thing we haven't mentioned is that Silver Falls is getting increasingly popular. More than one million people visit every year, and that number's been rising. The way to escape all those people is with a visit, I think, to the park's vast backcountry. So the backcountry actually includes the majority of the park. You know, about 6,000 of the 9,000 acres here is the backcountry. But because it doesn't have a waterfall view, not too many people visit. I, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, there's a few main trails that people like to explore back here. The first one, and one of the newest, is actually the Catamount Trail. It was designed for mountain biking, flows through the forest, has a few bank turns and small jumps. Silver Falls has made mountain biking trails kind of a priority, which is encouraging because right now, there's not too many places to ride around Salem. They're all pretty far and spread out. And it makes a great place to introduce, you know, a teenager or younger kid to mountain biking. It's not real dangerous or scary, and it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, they just added kind of a new section to it called the Newt Loop. And this is specifically geared towards younger kids just getting into it. So Silver Falls is kind of expanding its mission a little bit to encourage people on these alternative forms that aren't, you know, classic to the state park experience. All right, so another good one in the backcountry. If you really want to explore the heart of the backcountry, I think both of us would recommend the Perimeter Trail. We both like it a lot. And the cool thing about it is it starts at North Falls Trailhead, uh, so that's a popular place. But then it branches off, and all of a sudden you're basically alone in this really beautiful, you know, lush rainforest. There's giant trees. There's wildflowers. There's, you know, creeks rolling through. It's really a cool experience. I swear, if this, if this trail was anywhere else in Oregon, in any other park, it would get a lot more attention. But because it's right next to the waterfalls, it's really overlooked. Yeah, and again, the Perimeter Trail is a great way to kind of get away from the crowds. You could go from the trailhead where there's hundreds of folks milling around to really being alone in kind of the rainforest in just a, you know, a quick hike. Yeah, very and quick. It, and it's very cool because the Perimeter Trail kind of links up with a couple other trails and takes you all the way around the outer sort of circumference mm -hmm. of that sort of backcountry. Yeah, you can get in, you know, anywhere. You can do a short hike, just a quick little out and back, or you can turn it into a loop, which, you know, I can't remember exactly, but it's 10, 20 miles or something like that if you really want to do it that way, so... Okay, let's take a quick break now to hear from our sponsors. When we get back, we'll meet the photographer that worked his entire life to save Silver Falls. Did you know that the Statesman Journal's outdoor section has an app? It's true. It's called the Explore Oregon app, and it features detailed information on more than 200 places around the state. Is designed for your iPhone or Android devices, and what's cool about it is that you can turn it on and find information about all the places closest to you. So say you're traveling in Bend. Turn on the app, and immediately you'll find information about great hikes closest to you. Learn more at exploreoregonapp.com or download it from the App Store of your choice today. 
Okay, welcome back. In the second part of the podcast, we're going to talk about the best way for families to experience Silver Falls and tell the story of a daredevil who launched a canoe off the park's largest waterfall. But first, we always start the second half with a good story. So let's talk about the man known as the father of Silver Falls. All right, so if you've made it this far, you've probably gathered two things. First, Silver Falls has a lot of waterfalls. Second, those waterfalls have really boring names. So South Falls, North Falls, Middle North Falls, Lower South Falls. I'm falling asleep reading these. But there is one waterfall with an interesting name, Drake Falls. It pays homage to June Drake, known as the father of Silver Falls because, if not for him, Park probably doesn't exist. Yeah, Drake's family actually came to the Willamette Valley on an oxen team from Ohio. <laughs> We're talking real-life Oregon Trail here. He moved to Silverton in 1889. So Drake is an adventurous kid growing up. He would ride a horse and buggy from Silverton to what was then called the Silver Creek Falls area. There was no trails in those days, so Drake bushwhacked down the cliffs into the rainforest jungle, basically in search of the waterfalls people knew were there, but there wasn't exactly a map. So eventually, Drake becomes a photographer, and to get the best pictures, he cuts the first trails into the canyon. He became kind of the Oregon version of Ansel Adams. He showed his pictures to lawmakers or anybody else interested to try and get the area protected. Yeah, because while the waterfalls were pretty beautiful, the area around them was not really pristine. The Silver Creek area was pretty heavily logged from the 1800s onward, and local timber companies were always pushing deeper into the canyon to grab more trees. So Drake did everything he could to get the area conserved as a park. It was a a decades-long process. In 1926, he gets a great shot. A superintendent from the National Park Service arrives, and and Drake takes him out on a tour. There was a lot of hope that it would become Oregon's second national park after Crater Lake. But that logging history is just too much to overcome. I actually wrote a pretty in-depth story about this, and I actually dug up the original report. Uh, It was written by Goff Thompson with the National Park Service, And he starts off by talking about how beautiful Silver Falls is, huge redwood-sized trees, these waterfalls. But then he comes to these important points, and here's what he just wrote. At one time, this entire area must have been a lovely thing. Unfortunately, the region has heard the sound of the axe for many years. Then he gets downright poetic, writing, From the brink of one of the best waterfalls, one looks across the canyon, up a slope that is absolutely bare except for thousands of stumps that from a distance look like so many dark headstones. People just don't write like that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, especially in a government report. So it doesn't become a national park, and Drake was honestly pretty frustrated, but he kept at it. He keeps harassing any politician that will listen and eventually turn his sights on the first Oregon Park Superintendent, Sam Boardman. So at this point, Oregon State Park Department was barely an agency. It's actually still part of the Highway Department, And Boardman isn't responsible for much, except for a few roadside picnic areas. It's pretty small potatoes. But he really takes up the Silver Falls cause. He raised money, he cajoled businesses, he boosterized, he did whatever was needed so the state could purchase the land and eventually turn it into a park. In 1931, he made it happen. Boardman and the Parks Department purchased 100 acres at South Falls for $10,000 and 40 acres around North Falls for $2,000. So that's a pretty good deal for the crown jewel of Oregon's state park system. Yeah, and one funny note here that still applies today is that Drake was not really crazy about the park's original name. (laughs) Yeah, so when it's established, it was actually called Silver Creek Falls State Park. Notice the extra creek in there. But Drake hated it. 
he thought that Silver Creek sounded unimpressive. Like, a creek's waterfalls, probably not that cool. Why would you visit? So they changed the name to Silver Falls in 1948. But do not tell the residents of the mid-Willamette Valley that. They will get angry. Yeah, actually, Silver Creek Falls can still be heard on the streets of some of the San Yam Canyon towns today. And the name can actually also be found on signs along the highway pointing to people to the park. It can actually kind of be a contentious topic with longtime residents. Yeah, it's ingrained. I mean, this is one of those things that is deeply rooted. You can tell people it's Silver Falls and has been that for decades. They won't listen, and they might challenge you to fisticuffs. Yeah, if they've been calling it Silver Creek Falls since they were kids, probably not going to change. No. But whatever it's called, it was actually, you know, a really amazing gift to future Oregonians. So, speaking of which, what's the best way for young folks to experience this park? Right, so this one is our family-friendly category, and I think it's an important one. As a state park so close to urban centers, Silver Falls is a great place to introduce kids to nature that might otherwise have very limited exposure to it. So I bring my kids and nephews up to Silver Falls maybe once a month. We come here a lot. And I've come up with kind of a good day plan that, you know, it might work for other people. All right, give us the rundown. It starts with a quick waterfall hike. We'll talk more about the waterfall hikes in a second here, and it depends on the group, but we usually do one to three miles, a quick little loop. After that, we're usually ready for a break. They're probably cold if it's winter or just a little hot if it's summer, so we head to South Falls Lodge. So it's this big historic building with a big roaring fireplace, and it also serves food. Here's Ranger Matt actually talking a little bit more about this great historic building. So we're looking at the inside of the South Falls Lodge. It is a a beautiful old building built by the Civilian Conservation Corps. It was completed in 1940. And uh, it's really quite a striking building and it was all made with locally sourced materials. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the the stone here, this is Columbia River basalt. uh, And it is the same stone that you will see if you visit any of our waterfalls. It was all quarried locally and then all of the timbers used are Douglas fir, which is uh, all from this area. There's one last thing we usually try to fit in, so I can be sure that my younger kids will fall asleep on the way home. It's called the Nature Play Area. And it's basically a playground made up from elements in nature. So instead of a swing or a slide, there's a log to crawl through or a tree to climb up, and even a place where you can make a a human-sized bird's nest. Here's some audio from me and my daughter on a recent trip. That one's a nest. That one's a nest? Are you going to go make a nest? It doesn't have an egg in it? Where do you think the egg is? Here's a bear claw. It's a bear claw. And here's another one. Yeah, so the nature play area is kind of one of those things that people often overlook at Silver Falls. It's tucked away on the north end of the park. So next, let's talk about those waterfall hikes, the thing that draws everyone out there. Okay, so the best overall hike here is the Trail of Ten Falls. It was built in the 1930s by the Civilian Conservation Corps. And not only does it hit every waterfall, but it has these great old school touches like stairs like blasted into the side of the canyon. I don't think you could build a trail like this anymore, but it works. Um, The thing is, it's 8.7 fairly challenging miles. That's a pretty long hike. If you're in good enough shape, 100% do it. It's a bucket list experience. Bonus points if you get a picture of all 10 waterfalls. So that sounds like a pretty challenging hike. Do you have any suggestions for kind of more of a middle of the road option? 
Yeah, so we've talked about North and South Falls here, and there are ways to extend the hikes around those waterfalls. But my choice for a great easy to medium hike is actually called the Winter Falls Route. And it starts at the Winter Falls Trailhead, which is just on the side of the highway. And what's great about it is it takes you to five really beautiful waterfalls in less than three miles. I like it because it takes you away from the worst crowds, and you get to see places that a lot of people actually miss. So one of the most underappreciated waterfalls that you can find on this route is Double Falls. It's a double-tiered cascade that is 178 feet tall, and that's actually the tallest waterfall in the park by a single foot. Totally worth visiting. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with one last crazy story about Silver Falls. Let's finish with the story of a daredevil, his canoe, and one very large waterfall. All right, so this is probably my favorite story about Silver Falls. So remember South Falls. We've talked about it a lot. Big, powerful waterfall, 177 feet tall. One of the questions people often ask about it is, has anybody ever taken a boat off it? And the answer is yes. Yes, indeed. Back in the wild early days, before it was a park, a man named Al Fawcett did make that attempt. I'll let Ranger Matt tell the story. And he was a logger and a daredevil. So he had gone over numerous waterfalls that were a lot smaller waterfalls. And then he decided in 1928 that he wanted to go over South Falls in this boat. He had this, uh, this long 12 foot long boat and inside it, he stuffed it with 36 car inner tube. The crowds showed up there between 3,000 and 4,000 people that, that showed up to watch him. And uh, he got in his boat, and this was July 1st, 1928, so the, the water in the creek was pretty low. They had put in a temporary dam to help uh, block up some water, and when he was ready to go over the waterfall, they released all this water that carried him over the edge. But about, uh, about 20 feet down, uh, the, his boat hit a splice in this cable that was guiding him down, and the cable broke. And his boat fell 150 feet and landed in a belly flop on the pool below. There, everyone was really, really worried. It was quite a tense atmosphere in the uh, audience there. Um, but his guys ran down and uh, he climbed out of the boat. He had broken both of his ankles and a bunch of his ribs, but he had survived his, his plunge over the waterfall. Uh, but while he was in the hospital, he was in Silverton in the hospital for about two weeks. And his business partner, who had been collecting all of the money from the spectators, skipped town with, with all of the proceeds, and Al Fossa didn't make a dime. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have left for today. What are some things we didn't quite get to that you wanted to mention? Yeah, if you love trail running, and I really like it, you should check out the Silver Falls Marathon. It's a two-day event with multiple distances from 7 to 50 miles. It's kind of a big party. Like, there's a like beer garden afterwards. It's People dress up in these crazy costumes. It's just kind of a fun, you know, Portlandy scene. The race goes through the waterfalls and into the backcountry, and it hits all the places we talked about today. I think it's the best trail race in Oregon, and it's put on by a local guy named Gary Terlecki. Okay, well, that's all the time we have left for on the Explore Oregon podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you like what you heard and tell your friends. You can also download our app and find out about all the other cool adventures around the state at exploreoregonapp.com.